Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Hello and welcome to the very first Effortless Swimming podcast. My name is Brenton Ford. I'm a national swimmer and coach from Melbourne, Australia. This is the podcast where we talk to the top swimmers, coaches, and experts from around the world. And they share useful tips and information that will improve your technique, your speed, and your endurance in the pool. If you're a swimmer, a triathlete, or a coach, then this is for you. If you'd like to receive transcriptions, bonus videos, or updates of when the latest episodes are out of this podcast, then you can go to swimmingpodcast.com or you can visit us at effortlesswimming.com. In this first episode, we're lucky enough to be talking with Ash Delaney, who's an Olympic medalist and Commonwealth Games medalist. And Ash won a silver medal as a heat swimmer in the 4x100 medley relay and was fifth in the 100 backstroke in the Beijing Olympics. And Ash also won gold in the 4x100 medley relay and three bronze medals in each of the three backstroke events in the Dali Commonwealth Games. So Ash has been to the top levels of the sport. He's competed there and he's still at that level. And we talked to Ash about different things about his technique, his training, and in particular his diet and some changes that he made and what those changes did for his swimming. So let's cut straight to it. This is Ashley Delaney, who's an Olympic medalist and Commonwealth Games medalist from Australia. Uh, I swam when I was younger, mostly because my old older sister Lorray was swimming, and I this was this was in Gladstone. It was like I think that's where, that's where I learned to swim, and she she sort of got into the squad a little bit, and they used to have these races on Wednesday night. And I, I was doing learn to swim, and I'd have the learn to swim kid do a couple races, and they, they put me in. I must have been. Must have been seven or six or something. I can't remember how old I was. And they put me they put me in the fifteen meter race, and they they'd have um a rope across 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 the across the pool, and sort of dove in and uh race for that rope, and end up winning. Like beat beat these kids by a fair bit, and so they're like, oh okay, we'll put you in, we'll put you in the twenty five meter race. And so uh, I got into that. And, Ended up winning that by by a lot as well, and they, they were getting really excited. They're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll put you, we'll put you in the fifty meter race now." And I, I couldn't swim fifty meters without stopping because we used to go to the pool just on the weekend or whatever. And I just absolutely broke down, started bawling, saying that I didn't want to do it. And, <laughs> and then uh, so they they did end up putting me in the race, and um, I I just yeah remember like I just I, I guess that's probably why. I'll probably swim more sprint events now is that I don't really like doing the long distance ones. <laughs> you got to be, you've got to be a bit crazy to do the longer stuff. I reckon it's, it's um, the sprints are so much more fun, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's uh, a few people I've heard say um, this quote: "People who can't sprint swim long distance." <laughs> 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 yeah, well, that's so I think if, if you could sprint, you'd do it because there's all there's less training. Um, yeah, it's so much better. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so true, and it's yeah when you've got to do 200 meters or more, it's a pretty tough. I mean, it's a tough slog in training, no matter what distance you do. But uh, yep. yeah, I've started doing 50s and 100s now, and it's a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Make makes swimming enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
When did you realize you could go somewhere with your swimming? Uh, I, that's, yeah, that's hard. I, I sort of always had, like, as, as a kid wanting to sort of make the Olympics or, um, or get to that sort of level, be on the Australian team. And, like, you have these goals and you sort of, uh, especially well, especially when I was around 15, 16, I had those goals and then got to 17, 18, I was sort of looking at the times that I did and uh, what the top guys were doing and kind of just saw it as being so far away and wasn't really sure um, if I could actually get there because, like, you're looking at three three or four seconds over 100 metres and at that age, I just I just couldn't see where it was coming from. And then... Uh, you just you just sort of keep at it, and uh, and and I did, and sort of you try and learn new things and learn from whoever you can, really coaches, other swimmers, and and then it sort of just got a little bit closer. Uh, like I made a couple improvements, and then like you could really see that like you had that opportunity to sort of get get to your goals, and I guess it was probably only around oh, uh, nineteen. 1920, I sort of really started to realise like I had a, had a good chance at making it, and um, and then yeah, the rest is sort of history. And um, got on got on that Olympic team at 21, and that was that was really a dream come true. Yeah, it's it's ama- I mean, a lot of people just see the top swimmers and they think that it's you know it's kind of luck or or chance that they've got there. But they don't see that thousands of hours in the pool and the training and the chipping away and that you would like no one's there from the very start. They've all got to work towards yeah. it and just keep chipping away at their times and learning new things, meeting new people and and improving their technique as they go. Like it's it's a long process and uh, no one yeah, gets there by chance. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of lot of hard work and you sort of people people sort of see oh, okay so, someone so-and-so's just swam at the state state competition and then six months later or um, the next meet, they come out and they go two or three seconds quicker. And But that, they, they don't see the kind of work that they've done or the changes that they've made to sort of get there. They just sort of, oh, it's come really easy to them and or they, they've just grown and that's that's all that's happened sort of thing. But, yeah, like everyone, everyone has to work hard. I mean, no matter how talented you are, you still have to work pretty hard. So... Um, yeah, just there's so much work that you need to do, and um, yeah, and so many little hidden things that uh, people do to sort of get there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, what's your training schedule like now? How many sessions are you doing a week? What kind of work are you doing? Well, we we do ten sessions a week, uh, three three gym in there, and it's sort of I would probably say. We do anywhere from I'd say thirty five to fifty k a week, uh, which isn't which isn't a whole lot, but I'd sort of see um, depending on who you are and um, like you might I mean some people go fifty to seventy k sort of weeks like uh, but then and then others might even go less like twenty five to forty k sort of thing so it all depends on like the individual. And, but I think I'm in a pretty good, pretty good spot at the moment, and uh, uh, Rowan and myself are working working well, and I've been doing some pretty good times in training and stuff. So I think we've got a pretty good balance at the moment of working quite hard, but then um, being being skillful and stuff at the same time. So it all 
Uh, I think if you get too tired, you can you can lose a bit of sharpness and stuff. So um, I think we've we've found a pretty good spot for me at the moment. And um, yeah, like still still been working hard, and I get pretty still get tired at the end of the week. So you know you're doing you know you're doing a pretty decent job if that's sort of happening. But then still swimming quick time. So I think we've found a pretty good balance. Yeah, oh, that's good. And I mean, it's. I mean, back in the, the the old days, they it used to just be about the Ks, get as much work you, as you can done, and just absolutely flog yourself every session. But things have really smartened up now, where it's about skills, it's about technique, it's about doing the right kind of training. Like for a sprinter, it's threshold work and and sprints and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it is up to the individual, and you need to have you, you and your coach need to talk about it and and see what works best for you, because um, not, as you said, not yeah. everyone's the same. Yeah, it's. Uh, I sort of see it as a, just. I I hate like these just almost make up Ks. Like they just will ch- like say ten two hundreds on on three minutes or something, and you just sort of swim away. And um, unless there's a real specific sort of thing that you're working on, then I kind of just see as seeing see it as being a bit of a waste and. Uh, waste of your energy and and time really so i think you've got to be smart with what you do yeah absolutely and you've got to understand the different uh like energy systems and uh different kinds of things that you should be working on like it took me a while to figure out why we were doing some kinds of training with the the aerobic work and you know you need to get at least 15 minutes of aerobic work done where your heart rate's in that aerobic zone for it to actually make a difference. Yeah. So if you're doing eight minutes of okay. aerobic swimming, it doesn't make a, you know, you don't get that benefit. So you you and your coach yeah. need to be switched onto that kind of thing. And being at the level you are, you, you, you know, your coach knows all that kind of thing. And um, yeah, and it, it makes such a difference when you, when you know it and you do it in training. What's, yeah, absolutely. What's the hardest set you've done? Ooh, the hardest set I've done. Um, one that's well, I've got a few. There's one. One recently we're doing this. I this was just absolutely stupid for me, but um, we were do, we were doing this uh, beta alanine testing, which is just it's like a different kind of bicarb, and I, I had to do it was six fifties on two minutes max, and then. After that, straight on, you go 200 meters max. And <laughs> like for me, <laughs> a sprinter, yeah, I, I sing out at the fifth, fifth, at the fifth, 50. <laughs> that, yeah, that's fine. Um, and, and then I have to do another 50 and then swim a 200 straight off the back. And like, I couldn't even, I was lactating that much. Like I couldn't even move in that 200. Like that was just so ridiculous that it was just, oh, I, I hated it. I dreaded doing the set. We had to do it three times in the last preparation and I don't think it helped me one bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just there's there's been a couple of sets. One that I did with uh, a really good 200-meter set that I did with uh, Vince Raley. And it was a hundred dive, two hundred swim off, a hundred push, two hundred swim off, and so you had to. It was basically you did that. I think it was three or four times, depending on uh, where we were sort of at, and you had to descend, descend each set. But you wanted it to be the first set. You wanted it to be around 
your 200 meter time and then like your next one was like almost your goal time and then it was pretty much whatever you could do and that set that set was pretty tough so you pretty much um pretty much broken 200s with a little bit of swim off in between but i thought that was a pretty good 200 meter set yeah that sounds pretty tough and the longer sets where you're getting a lot of lactic acid happening then it's um yeah pretty painful but you know you can feel the benefit yeah, definitely. And what you're probably one of the best underwater kickers that we've got here in Australia. What type of training do you do for that? Um, I'll make sure. Well, I've actually I've started coaching a little bit, and I was talking about this last night, um, just just with the age guys at Underwater Swimming Club, and we, well, I, I whenever I push off the wall, whether especially if it's backstroke, I'll be uh, 12 meters to 15 meters every time. Like I know the amount of kicks that I need to do, and especially if it's if it's fast, if it's 200 pace or backhand speed or or max effort, I'll be 15 meters every time. Like that's that's something that I try. That's something that I've done sort of the last few years. Where if it was drill, like I'd still try and I'd count out my kicks and get close to 15 every time. And so, but it's not only. Um, it's not only doing doing the kicks, it's doing them properly. So that's uh, when I was a little bit younger, I still probably did the kicks, but I wasn't doing as as good technique. Or I'd do it off the first fifty and not off the second fifty. Um, say if you were doing a hundred meters. So um, I think it's pretty important. Uh, any anyone can push off the first wall and do lots of kicks. It's all about the second or the third wall or even like the fourth wall sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, like just doing it all the time in training. Uh, and then, then we sort of would cross over and we'd have like uh, specific sort of underwater stuff where we might do 25 max underwater uh, for time and things like that. So that way you can sort of gauge on how, how your underwater uh, is going. Mm. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you another set. This was, this was another Vince set, but I uh, got it from Lee Nugent. Um, that he, he used to give it to Adrian Radley when when he when he was swimming, and it was it was eight two hundreds on three thirty. I think we ended up getting them down to three ten. Um, I'm not one hundred percent on that, but on the first wall go fifteen meters underwater. Second wall go twenty meters underwater. Third wall go twenty five meters underwater, and then the last wall go thirty meters underwater. Oh, and all this, yow. all this, yeah, continuous, yeah, and on on three thirty. And this that's probably one of like a non lactate sort of set because you're sort of just making it. I mean, you get a you get a little bit of lactate because you've got to make got to make the time and stuff. But um, yeah, that that was that was something that we worked on for a little bit, and that's that's probably one of the best underwater sets you could probably do, and then. Um, yeah, and but adding it in there when you've got to go thirty underwater, it can ver- you can very easily um, sort of have bad technique and stuff, and that's that's the most important time to be really focusing on it then and uh, trying to get it out. That's that's a very tough set. Yeah, God, that's um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds pretty good. We um, <laughs> one of the sets that we do a fair bit is eight or ten twenty fives underwater on forty or forty five. And um, yep. that's, yeah, it's certainly not as hard as the A200s, but 
yeah, just kept, uh, continuing to practice the underwater work is just the best way to improve it. And I like what you said yep. about doing it every single time. How, how many kicks do you do off each wall to make it to 15? Uh, if it's if it's a hundred like hundred pace sort of sort of max sort of uh, back end speed, I'll do twelve. And if it's two hundred pace, I'll be ten to ten to eleven. Yeah, because they're bigger bigger kicks, is it? Yeah, yeah. You just sort of slow it down. Obviously, you're not mm. completely sprinting. So uh, you knock off one kick, and that will. Um, if if you did twelve at a slower pace, obviously you'd go you'd go past the fifteen. So. Um, they're, they're, the, they're the numbers that I use every time. Every time I'm doing a fifty or or a hundred, um, whatever whatever pace it is, that that they're the they're the caps that I use. Yeah, oh, that's good, and it gives you something else to concentrate on when you're training too, like something a goal to hit every lap as well. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I think if you count your kicks as well, that's that's when it's um, I don't know. You, you, I don't seem to run out of breath or be really struggling for a breath or anything like that it's when you when you haven't counted your kicks and you're like oh i wonder how far i've gone um and then you're like oh i need a breath i need to come up sort of thing but if you're counting it almost distracts you a little bit as well so um that's that's something especially in that uh 200 meter set uh if you if you count your kicks out that it's so much easier than uh if, if you don't like it just just takes your mind off it a little bit and i think that helps yeah, for sure. Yeah, I find the same thing in training. It's, um, yeah, distract yourself from the pain <laughs> by counting. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> and what about your your diet? You we were talking before, and you mentioned some things that you have changed in your diet that have had a big difference. What are they? Yeah, when I was um, when I was with uh, Shannon Rollison uh, at the at the Australian Institute of Sport, I. Uh, I, I was living. I was living with this housemate, and this was this was before nationals. And uh, I just sort of his mum was. Uh, I think she had her own uh, catering business. She used to cook us um, these small um, sticky date puddings and Christmas puddings. And when we we used to come home, he, he was a rower, and he uh, we we'd cook dinner and we. Uh, we'd have all these things frozen in the freezer and we, uh, we'd cook them up. We'd have them most nights. Like we'd probably have them for oh, four or five nights out of the week sort of thing. So we're kind of really putting away these desserts. <laughs> and like, there, was, there was nothing really wrong with my skin folds. Like it wasn't that bad. But um, we, Shannon was always on to the girls about eating chocolate and dessert sort of thing and um, I ended up going to that nationals and not really going as well as what I would have liked to, and um, and especially not not as well as what my training training and sort of uh, had shown. So I uh, I just remember he, he got stuck into the girls one day, and I sort of thought, well, maybe maybe I'll try that as well. Like I shouldn't shouldn't be so bad, and trying to fuel fuel your body with the right food sort of thing, and. Uh, I ended up I ended up doing that. I cut, I cut out chocolate and dessert, pretty much. Um, it was probably close to a year, and within the first sort of three, oh no, it was probably four or five, four or five weeks. Um, we got our skin folds done, and I normally sat around thirty five, thirty six, which is pretty pretty low skin folds. And then um, at about 
after about four or five weeks, I got skiff folds done again, and they were they were down to thirty one. And all I, all I'd done was um, stop eat, stop eating chocolate dessert. And that, that was the only thing that I cut out. And I just um, and after after Shannon sort of saw that, it was like wow, like it was like really impressed with how uh, like how I'd sort of just cut it out. And then we sort of looked at a few things and uh, spoke to the dietitian there, and he was. He was sort of said, you've got to make sure you're replacing your um, – so you've cut out all this other food and you've got to make sure you keep uh, keep up your fuel intake sort of thing So uh, for your energy levels. And so it was all about eating the right foods uh, to fuel your body. And so you could probably eat a little bit more of the right foods, but your body is going to be so much happier and it's going to work better and all that kind of stuff. And I started like uh, doing times in training that I'd never had. I was one or two – I was probably two kilos lighter and just just doing a really good job. So I just sort of took that on board and um, and tried to just be good all the time. And it sort of I sort of made that decision just to it was it was like a lifestyle choice. It wasn't wasn't sacrificing anything. I just made the decision I'm not going to eat that stuff. And so once I sort of set my mind to it like that, I could just do it. As where before I was like, oh no. I, I won't have it because it's bad for me sort of thing and then I'll end up having it anyway. Like I just sort of, uh, whatever. And But this time I just said, well, no, I'm just not going to eat it. So now I I don't feel like it. I barely ever have it and like it's just, um, it's just not an option to have it really. Yeah, so you went, you went pretty much cold turkey and just said, no, that's not what I'm going to be eating. And, uh, and yeah. And changed it. That's pretty awesome. much. So, what sort of yeah, stuff you? But like, sorry. You oh, go. like, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the first probably week, it's it's pretty strange. Like, yeah. Uh, and I spoke to the dietitian about this. That your body, like, it's almost like your brain actually craves it, like a almost like a drug. Like, because I'll, I'd finish dinner, and I'd know that I know there'd be ice cream in the freezer or whatever it happened to be and would actually be thinking about it like nonstop, like wanting to have it. And then it was, it was only probably, yeah, probably five or six days and then you sort of forget about it and then you don't crave it anymore and then uh, you don't finish a meal and feel like something sweet. So it just sort of, it's, it was really quite weird. But then once you get past that uh, five, five days to a week, then it's like it's like your home free. It's easy after that. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So what what sort of stuff did you replace that with? You you mentioned that the dietitian said you need to keep up your energy intake. What other foods did you yeah. start having? Yeah. So I started eating dried fruit. Like I, I love dried fruit. I mean I like normal fruit, but um, yeah, like uh, I started started eating a lot of dried mango and. Uh, if if I did want dessert or feel like like we had a hard session and uh, I'd try try and eat a a yogurt dessert sort of thing or have fruit and yogurt. So there's always there's always a uh, there's always a healthy option and um, it was just about making those decisions and um, putting less butter on your toast or less sauce or whatever it happens to be. Like just little decisions like that that you can cut calories and. Um, watch watch that kind of stuff and where you probably don't really need it but you're just so used to having it you do it anyway mm. oh, that's good and um, you said your skin folds are pretty low as a result of that and of course the training um, and, uh, you, you yep. did a clinic down at 
Taralgon a few weeks ago, where you uh, spoke to the younger kids and you got in the water. And uh, one of the girls that I coached, she came back and she said, that Ash Delaney guy, he looks pretty good. So that's just another, <laughs> another bonus for, uh, for meeting the <laughs> training hard. So, uh, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> what, uh, yeah, what, uh, what other things do you focus on in your swimming in, in terms of technique? What do you think about? Uh, well, everyone sort of has their uh, things that they need to work on during training. And um, I know for, for me lately, uh, I've just been just changing my technique a little bit. It's always, always needs little little tweaks, and um, that's that's where if you have a good coach or you talk to your coach about it, that will that will be the little things that they could sort of mention uh, and say, oh, we'll lift, lift your hips up here or uh, put your head back a little bit, and then so that's that's the kind of thing you focus on for that session. And for me at the moment, um, just worked out the physio my left glute isn't stable, stabilizing like really well and so it's give, uh, she's given me exercises to do and so I do them before every session and then get in and focus on that and then that sort of connects me right through and I can just feel it um, it's all, all about feeling get, getting that right for every session so I normally uh, give myself one or two things to work on each session and like you, most, most women should know what they sort of need to work on and that's that's sort of my goal for that session. So making sure I get that right, whether I'm swimming slow or fast, I'm always swimming with good technique. Mm-hmm. So just trying to always, always concentrate on little things like that. And then obviously there's other things like you're underwater and um, not breathing off turns or how far you're going to go underwater, all, all those kind of things. So um, there's always a technical thing that I'll be working on whenever I'm swimming backstroke. Yeah, and what about when it comes to a race? What do you focus on then? Um, really trying to focus on the process, not the outcome. Uh, I've got, for say for my 100, I've got a few key words that I use uh, when I race and that, that always brings me back to the process. So uh, it'd be like with the start, I know what I need to do, how many kicks I need to do off the... Um, off the start and then uh, once I come up I know to be on my arms and not my legs sort of thing and hold that through and build build through the 50 sort of thing so that that's my other cue so just keep thinking build 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 um, and then similar thing uh, for the second 50 so as long as you're thinking of the things that you need to do it brings you back and you shouldn't be making mistakes as well like if you were to say, oh, I want to win this race, so then you go out too hard sort of thing and then you end up burning in the back, that's not going to happen sort of thing. So you want to, you want to have a couple of, couple of things that sort of um, would relate back to your training, what you think about in training, and then um, to get a good result, and then you just use that in your competition. So it's, it's pretty simple when you think about it, but um, the mind tends to drift and, uh, wants to do other things, so it doesn't doesn't always happen. But the more times you can keep the same process, the more times you're going to get a better result. Mm. Yeah, that's um, so that's a good insight into thinking, racing. Yeah, thinking about winning is never really that good unless you're a good five meters in front. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's um, yeah. You, one thing that my coach always said is, ne- don't worry about the people next to you because you can't control what they do. You've just got to control what you do, and that's focusing on yeah. what pace you've got to go, what you've got to do with your technique, your kicks off the wall, and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, and what about after swimming? What are your what are your plans? Is it going to be re- swimming related or? Yeah, I think swimming related. I've, um, like I said earlier, I have just started coaching. Um, I'm only doing I'm only doing it two two days, two afternoons a week, um, just with the, just assisting with the age national guys uh, another morning. But I've I've been I've been loving that, and like I've been pretty keen to sort of get into coaching. And then down down the track or. Sometime soon, um, just been looking looking at swim schools and uh, like my passion my passion is swimming. I love swimming, so to get involved with something like that would be pretty good. Um, and that's sort of it's in motion a little bit, but just just very um, very very new and just just looking into it. So uh, that that could be a direction that I might end up heading. Oh, that's great. Well, I think you'd be a a really good coach and no doubt the Asian national kids at Nanawadi are enjoying having you there at the moment so um, yeah I can imagine anything you do after after swimming that um, that you'll be successful at it because you've um, you know how to apply yourself you work hard and you've become uh, a great swimmer so yeah thanks for thanks very much for being on the call and uh, yeah no it's been great chatting to you and catching up and uh, we will talk to you soon cool thanks very much Let's recap what we spoke about with Ash because I think he mentioned three really good points that apply to all swimmers. The first one is to focus on the small things in training. And for Ash, that is doing 10 to 12 kicks off every single wall so he gets to 15 metres in his underwater kicks for backstroke. If you're a freestyler, that might be doing a certain stroke count for each lap or it might be holding a breath control for each lap. And if you, get, if you focus on your skills in, in training, it takes away the focus from how hard the session is to making these little milestones for every lap that you do. The second thing he talked about was he cut out all sweets from his diet, and that did two things. It allowed him to drop two kilos in weight, and it also allowed him to swim faster in training, so his times came down. And if you're carrying, if you're carrying two less kilos than normal, then that's quite a lot. There's quite a bit of less weight to be carrying through the water, so it makes it a lot easier. So if you're struggling to lose that extra kilo or two, then give that a shot and just cut out all sweets from your diet. And the last thing he mentioned was in his 100 backstroke, he focuses on swimming with his arms for the first 60-70% of his race. And what that does is it allows him to save his legs for the last 20-30 metres so, so he can bring it home strong and come over the top of everyone else. I've been testing this in training for the last week and my times have come down 3-4 to four seconds per 100 just by working my arms for the first 50 to 75 meters and then bringing in the legs in the last 25 to 50 meters because the legs are the first things to fatigue when you're swimming because they're the biggest muscles and you're working them the hardest so it's important to swim swim on your arms as he said and that allows you to save up your leg strength for that last 25 50 meters it also applies if you're swimming a 200 or 400 or a 1500 
the main thing is don't let your legs tire too early. So you don't want to bring them in and start kicking hard from the start. You want to swing on your arms because you can use your arms for a lot longer than you can your legs. So if you haven't tried that before, in your next session where you're going hard, give that a shot. All right, swim on your arms for the first 50, 75% of the race and then start to bring in your legs. And you might find you've got a lot more energy to bring it home strong and actually come over the top of people. I'd like to thank you for joining me on the very first Effortless Swimming podcast. We've got a lot more coming, so stay tuned, subscribe to us on iTunes and we will see you next episode. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com.